Good afternoon, Australia. Thank you for joining me here on this episode 32 of the Fifth Estate Podcast. My name's Cameron Blewett. I'm the host of this wonderful podcast. And today we're going to be talking about a little bit about the South Oz election result, uh, some more rants about political disinformation and BS that are coming out by uh, people who should really know better, and anything else that I feel like ranting about if I've got time. So, Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And we're on now. Um, so, yes, uh, for those who came in late, if you haven't picked up the papers, clicked online or anything like that, seen the Twitterverse and all that sort of guffawful that's going on, it looks like the Marshall, I think it was Marshall Liberal Government has um, lost power in South Australia and we now have a Labor-led government uh, that brings, I think Labor's in five states and the two territories in Australia. Um, thankfully, we, or possibly thankfully, uh, we still have a new Liberal National Coalition in the federal sphere. Um, whether that remains the same way come May is a question that remains to be seen. Um, I think that if it's a Labor Party win, uh, that Australia is going to be circling the gurgler quicker than what we thought it would. Uh, if, it, if the Liberal Party remain or retain power, then we will probably still be circling the gurgler, um, but not as quick as, uh, you know, it would under a Labor-dominated country and um, federal parliament. So now that also brings the, the question is that there's a lot of pundits saying that uh, Labor cut, but the Liberal Party got booted out in South Oz because of their handling of the woo flu. Now, is that going to be the same thing in Victoria? Are we going to see the same message? I honestly hope so. I uh, would love to see uh, Dan Andrews. Um, you know, I, I think it should be, I really hope it would be, an utter whitewash, um, what is it, a political bloodbath, like similar to what happened in Queensland when um, Bly uh, went up against Newman and I think, Liberal, the Labor Party ended up only with seven um, seven members uh, in Parliament, which was technically not enough to have um, party status, though, you know what, Campbell Newman did the right thing and still recognised them as a party and all that sort of crap, um, and still recognise them as the opposition. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that is what happens. Um, I... I don't like the chances of that happening. Uh, so, you know, if it does, it does. If it doesn't, well, mate, it's time to pack up and and uh, I think not only leave Victoria but I think uh, leave Australia. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens in the future. Um, so, yes, uh, now the thing that I did want to talk about, um, let me find my glasses, is there's a little bit of a, where are we, Herald Sun. Um, having a little bit of a big um, national news story. Now, supposedly this is relating to the federal election. It says, patient lives at risk as COVID-19 hospital horror stories revealed. So this is by the National Health Reporter, uh, Sue Dunleavy, um, News Corp Australia. So 
blah, 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 blah. The exclusive report craps on about how bad hospitals are all over the way, all over the place. The hospital horror stories have been reported to the AMR, Australian Medical Association, which is campaigning to win more funding for, pedri- for public hospitals at this year's election. Now, first of all, remember, the AMA is an advocacy group and it's a union for doctors. So let's, you know, let's just look. And, of course, the first picture you see is by that dickhead, what's his name, Dr Omar Koshit. Um, he's one of the ones that came out and um, said something about if people don't get the jab, I can't remember what the, the exact words were, but they better um, change their critical care plan or something like that um, to, you know, to not have medical intervention. So, I mean, you know, these guys are, they are the ultimate bottom feeders and why anyone is taking notice of them is beyond me. Now, one thing that we're talking about, uh, hang on, let me just find, because he goes, I mean, this is about picking about how bad hospitals are all over the place. Um the emergency department, um, logjam horrors all over the place. Um, do, 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 do. I can't find it now. Um, so anyway, well, this is the thing. Um, hang on, let me try and find what he was saying. Okay, here we go, found it. Um, so partway down it says, um, I think Australians will be shocked when they use the logjam finder and see the pressure their local hospitals are under. AMA President Omar blah, blah said, we're asking voters to tell their MPs it's not good enough and they need to act to fix, fix hospital funding crisis so our hospitals are future-proofed for the care and world-class performance Australians expect. We're asking the federal government to increase its share of hospital funding from 45 to 50% and to remove the annual cap on activity, he said. Let's make it clear. The federal government cannot fund hospitals. It is unconstitutional to fund hospitals. What the federal government does is provides grants to the states and they earmark it, say, hey, this is to be used for hospitals. How the states use that grant money is entirely up to the states. And if it's going to be anything like Victoria... Any money that the state gets from the Commonwealth is going to be used to pay down debt or some other bullshit thing like that or pay for some other cockamamie idea that um, Andrew's, the Andrews regime comes up with to try and retain power come November. Though he does say, for their part, the states and territories need to commit to improve hospital performance by investing that extra 5%. Now, this is the... the Anything medical is the responsibility of the states and the territories. It's got nothing to do with the federal government. And for him to turn around and say that either shows that he really doesn't know, understand how politics is run in, how politics goes in this country, or he's just trying to fucking gaslight everyone into, oh, let's vote for Albanese because Albanese promises he's going to spend money on this. Um, So... In which case that, you know, obviously being a union, um, he's likely to be very socialist in his views. Um, so who knows? He may just be pushing that to give the incompetent um, Albanese-led Labor Party uh, a, a bit of a leg up. But, you know, this is the thing. I think, you know, and, and for a journalist to write that and not call it out uh, is very, you know, just shows you how corrupt or incompetent 
journalism is in this country as well. Uh, so, you know, there, there's it, it is going to be concerning the level of bullshit that is going to come out uh, come May or in the lead up to the election. Uh, we, we've seen it where, you know, in both sides are, are crapping on about this, that and everything else. Um, so, yeah. It, it is going to be interesting. Uh, let's hope that um, the saner thoughts prevail, and that you know it, it's uh, you know my prediction. What I would like to see happen is a minority liberal national government uh, form power, though with a uh, very what would you say um, more um, more libertarian or more individualistic orientated uh, Senate. So the watermelons have got to stay out of the Senate the, and, you know, balance of power and all that sort of crap because they are just evil. Uh, we've seen, uh, you know, comments by Lydia Thorpe, who unfortunately is a senator for Victoria, um, the crap that she goes on with. We've seen the, the crap that Sarah Hansen young goes on. You know, World Economic Forum young global leader, Sarah Hansen young So... You know what? Yep. So <laughs> that should be a red flag not to vote for the watermelons there. Uh, and yeah, it is just something that is very, very concerning. Now, talking about the watermelons, um, still staying on politics. Now, um, my favourite um, foe animal activist, Andy Medic from the poorly named Animal Justice Party, posted something on Twitter the other day about uh, duck hunting and the um, protected species that were shot uh, and things like that. And then a couple of days later, Samantha Ratnam, the leader of the Greens in the upper house, did the same thing. Now, something that you have to remember is both of these people are responsible for that happening. Yes, the individual shooters pulled the trigger. So, yes, you know, that's their fault for whatever happened. Though, for these two to turn around and complain that the Andrews regime is allowing this to happen is just... It is embarrassing. Um, they had every opportunity to turn around and say, you know what, we'll support your pandemic bill if you end duck shooting or rabbit and or kangaroo shooting. Um, but they didn't choose to do that. Now, I did post that up on Twitter um, under Andy Medic's um, tweet and then, of course, the uh, Victorian AJP came out and said, that, oh, what a, what a disgusting comment. Um, that they would never play politics with public health emergencies. Well, let's make it clear. What we're going through now is not a fucking public health emergency. This is just bullshit to bring on the Great Reset. And for the Animal Justice Party to say that is a bigger embarrassment. Yes, you know what, as I've said all along, I will fully accept it was a public health emergency in, let's say, the first two weeks or month or whatever it was when many of us were willing to, you know what, do what we had to do to flatten the curve, but to go on for two years. Now, the second anniversary was the 16th of March, which was what, about four days ago now um, of all that. So we've gone from the state of emergency, numerous state of emergency declarations declarations to um, the Andrews regime um, pandemic declarations. Now, there was also something there saying that uh, in the papers today indicating that the isolation requirement for close contacts may be lifted, but that depends on what the subvariant is going to do come winter. Now, let's make it clear. These people don't want us to get back 
to normal to live a healthy life. They want to screw small business and that's what they're going to do. They're going, come winter time, you're going to see a ratcheting up of close contact things. No, doesn't matter if you're triple jab, quadruple jab, bloody jabs, pinpricks up and down your arm. Doesn't matter whatever it is, you're going to have to isolate for seven days. And that's going to kill small business. And this is what they want. They want small business gone. The sooner that small businesses fold over, the sooner it is that these big um, corporate structures of whatever the, the, the chain is, it doesn't matter what industry you're looking at, that the sooner that they can come in and have the power because they will do the bidding of the government and they will do it, you know, without even thinking. So, you know, this is the thing. Um, yeah, you know, don't, don't fall, think for a second that things are going to be get, get better. So, you know, and going on to that point, supposedly we're still in a, a public health a pandemic declaration where, you know, the wool flu is going to kill grandma and all that sort of crap. And yet, you know, Stem and Andrews put out a, a tweet about the MCG being at, literally at capacity or from what it looked like, you know, it was one stand that, you know, the upper and lower levels were at capacity um, for one of the catch me, you know, aerial ping pong games that was played on Thursday night. So, you know what, okay, if, if we're in the, the biggest pandemic that is going to fucking kill everyone, why is it all right to sit down at, um, you know, a footy game? So, you know, yeah, and there's the other thing. He went out to promote some um, TAFE initiative that the regime has funded and he's sitting proud as punch in the middle there with, with some other corrupt individual um, beside them and talking about, uh, you know, it was a photo op and yet all the student, majority of the students in front of him and behind him, there were some staff or other adults, all had face diapers on, yet he didn't. So mm. now to be clear, the corruption I'm talking about is anything to do with politics because there is, there is, there's something inherently wrong with politics in this state and in this country that, you know, all these people are not willing to stand up and do what their electorate wants. They just toe the party line. And this is what is wrong with political parties. When you vote for a political party, the a member of a political party, that member is not representing you. They are representing the party first. You are just a means to get them into parliament and they really don't give a flying whoop to you about you. And this is what people need to, to realise and to understand that party politicians, doesn't matter what bullshit that they spin to you, they won't do it unless the party says, yes, you can do it. In which case, it's only going to benefit certain parts. It will benefit who knows what. Um, so, you know, we need to be mindful of that and, you know... I'm sure I've ranted about it before. Voting should voting should be voluntary. It should not be compulsory. I think that's part of the problem. And on part of, on that part, um, you know what? I'd, I'd love there to be some sort of of political knowledge test before you can register to vote. Because with some of the crap that I've seen coming out from people talking about political parties and and voting for the prime minister and voting for this and voting for the premier. Well, if that's your view, I think you really need to not vote because you obviously don't know what the fuck you're doing um, for that. So, And to be clear, in this country, we do the only people who get to vote for the Prime Minister or the Premier 
are the people who are in that seat. So what's uh, what's Andrews? Isn't he Mulgrave? Um, I think that's the seat that he's in. So only the um, <coughs> people in Mulgrave, and they can't actually vote for the Premier. They're voting for the person who is Premier. So if they vote for him to get into Parliament and, hey, you know what? party doesn't like him being premier anymore and they pick someone else well you know what so be it and so you know this is what we need to understand you can't in this country we don't vote for the prime minister we don't vote for the premier we vote for our elected representative in spring street at the local at state level or in canberra at the federal level Uh, and and people need to Think about that, understand that, and if you don't, like seriously, man, don't even worry about getting your name ticked off the roll because you're just going to fuck things up and we're going to end up in the same pile of shit as what we're already in. Now, I'm actually going to use this one to um, talk about that. And Sorry, this is a bit ranty today. I'm, I'm just really as I think a motorbike takes off from the lights up the road, um, Oh, no, I thought it was sirens going out after him. Yeah, it is too. No, I think that's an ambulance just going past, going somewhere else. I mean, oh, there's a lot of sirens happening where I'm living. Um, I don't know. Um, hopefully it's 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 not any, yeah. Anyway, I won't go there. Um, so what was I talking about? Oh, I don't know now. Completely lost track with that one. So... Um, yes, so that's it, about the extra men hitting the um, bit ranty today. Um, so hang on. Oh, this this long COVID. Oh boy, and I left my puffer upstairs. Um, I was listening to uh, Glenn Beck, his podcast on. I think it was Thursday. Friday, our time, so that was his Thursday podcast, and he was talking about uh, some of the things that he, you know, a little spitball thing that he did for his predictions of the future, and one of the things that he said, no, it's not, you know, that this is going to happen, but, you know, this is the things that could possibly happen, talked about what was happening over in uh, Russia and Ukraine uh, and that part of the world, and he's turned around and said that, if China takes Taiwan, that New Zealand and Australia will be the next ones to go. Now, that's what he, that the order he set it in. But then later on in, com, in another comments about it, he dropped New Zealand and he's just said, if, if Taiwan goes, Australia will be next. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, I, I really don't think that, you know, if Taiwan goes, yeah, I know we're all screwed. Um, but I don't think that there will be an invasion as such. Um, what we'll probably see is the Chinese government um, bring in their soldiers to protect their interests in this country. And we know they've got half the farming land, they've got the whole power grid um, in um, Victoria and, and gas supply in Victoria and New South Wales or something like that. So they've got the ports up in Darwin, um, and, you know, these are, yes, and what, they're building our roads. So I, I, I think that that's what's going to be happening if Taiwan falls, that that's the thing that we'll see next because 
you know what, are we going to are we going to be game enough? Is is this country going to be game enough to bring in sanctions against China when half our or you know probably let's say let's say let's say a third a third of our country is owned by um, you know Chinese companies which are you know in conjunction with the, the state you know let's say they're owned by China. Um, you know what will the the whoever is the leader and we've heard Albanese admit that he wants to bring it back to the golden days of trade with China. Um, you know, is that what's going to happen? That that trade is only going to be going on with China, regardless of what they do in Taiwan, because he knows that they own let's say let's say it's a third, a third of the country and what you know, our vital assets. Um <coughs> you know, is is that something that we want to see happening? And like, legitimately, if it's not, what are we all going to do about it? Uh, you know, we can't turn around and say, "Oh, our defence force will keep it." No, they won't. Like, really, in, in all honesty, we don't have the defence force to to defend Australia against anything. Um, oh, but then there's the the Brisbane line. Oh, I don't think it'll be a Brisbane line if China invades us. I think it's likely to be a Melbourne line where everyone just gets across the border down into Victoria and then they defend Victoria. Um, I don't think that there's anything else going on. I think they'll let they'll let Dar- they'll let Northern Territory fall um, because that is too big of a landscape, you know, a um, an area to defend. Um, they'll let Queensland fall. They might get um, partway down, maybe part of New- halfway through New South Wales. Um, Hang on, let me just have a look. Actually, I'll see where the Brisbane line ended. Um, what was it? Two? Um, the Brisbane line. Uh, so, according to Wikipedia, the Brisbane line was a defence proposal supposedly formulated during World War II to concede the northern portion of the Australian continent in the event of an invasion by the Japanese. Although the plan to prioritise defence in the vital industrial regions between Brisbane and Melbourne in the event of an invasion has been proposed in 1942, it was directed by Labor Prime Minister John Curtin and the Australian War Cabinet. Um, If you have a look... um, so the Brisbane line is essentially the border. Uh, no, the Brisbane line is. Hang on, I'm just trying to find it. Um, probably starts halfway between Maryborough and Brisbane, um, all the way out to Toowoomba. So it's a bit of a curve. That's the Brisbane line there. Uh, for that now, whether that happens, who knows? I I don't think that we've got enough to defend that. Um, we know that uh, if we were invaded, I doubt that the US, especially with the current um, administration there, they won't defend Australia. They'll just look after Pine Gap, burn everything and then fly out. Um, what else is there? So, yeah, I, it is concerning. So is there a way to prevent that? Um, yeah, there probably is and that's Stay out of it. Secondly, um, I think that we need to start taking responsibility ourselves rather than um, rely 
on other people to do our dirty work for us, um, that these communities need to take their their responsibility and their protection into their own hands. And this goes in line with my um, free market anarchist views. I don't think that there should be an enforcement arm of the state at all. There should definitely not be a defence force um, because... Uh, these young people are sent out to die and to kill other people on behalf of fucking incompetent, egotistical, probably agenda-driven um, old farts who, as we've, you know, like well, the current crop that we've got now, haven't done a day's work in their life. And, you know, it, this is the thing, is that no. And there was something saying that um, the Defence Force is going on a massive recruiting drive. Um, no. Um, no, 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 and and plus it's our taxes that pay for it anyway. So, you know what, if we don't pay taxes, then we can't fund that, which I fully support. No, the uh, defence and um, your private property rights and your um, basic human rights should be protected by government uh, at the state level. Federal, federal government has only got a minimum of things that they can do. Um, look after that. Uh, and, and all that sort of stuff. Everything else should be the right you know, individ, individual responsibility. So you know, it's the thing. Um, I do hate to see. I would hate to see Taiwan fall and then know that we're next, um, because we know you know, Adern is so in, in bed with um, Schwab and the World Economic Forum. That you know what I think that she'd just capitulate and give um, New Zealand over to China. Um, she'd just hand it over, say, "Yep, there you go." Um, a, a minimal surrender um, for that, um, and then you know what? It's our turn next. What would happen? Uh, I, you know, I, I shudder to think. Uh, let's hope it never gets there. Um, you know what? But if it were to come, I think. Th- and, and this is the other thing too: is that you have a look at it. What's happening in Ukraine at the moment is that various countries are sending small arms over to those areas, not for the military to use, for the civilian population to use. And yet these are the same government regimes that are turning around out here and telling us that we can't own one for those very reasons. And this just shows that the... It's Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, and there's hoons everywhere. Um, I've got a main drag close by to where I am, and it's a straight stretch of road with a couple of traffic lights, and of course, the hoons love to putt up and down it. Um, and I'm like, oh, shoot here at a night time. Anyway, um, going back to what I was saying, yes, yeah, so they're, they're sending weapons over to these people in, in Ukraine to defend themselves against an invader, yet. They're the same governments that turn around and say that, no, we can't have the same weapons for the same reason. Oh, no, no one's going to invade Australia. No, the police will protect you. Oh, no, the the Defence Force will protect you. Well, they fucking won't. No, we've seen it happen for the last two years. The police haven't protected us from shit. Um, You know, they've... and, And it's the thing, and as I've said before, they've got far too much power... Um, hang on, here comes a cough. Uh, um, you know, they've, they've got far too much power to 
to decide um, th- th- what can be done, what can't be done. And, you know, this is the thing. Um, with, with how much power that they have now, like really I think it's getting to the point where we need um, an or- a community organisation to protect us from Victoria Police. Um, and let's actually, let's just make it clear, it's not Victoria Police just by themselves. It's, it's the police in every state. Um, you know, we've seen what's happening in New South Wales. We saw the LRADs come out in Canberra. Oh, no, but that was just for communication reasons. Well, I'm sure you've all got loud halos. You didn't have to bring the LRAD out unless it was out there to scare people or potentially use um, and, and everything like that. And, yeah, it is just, yeah. It, we've allowed this go, to go on for far too long. Uh, we need to have people in Spring Street who will stand up and say, no, you cannot pass that bill because that bill actually gives you too much power and the power does not rest in you. The power actually rests with the people and if the people don't want it, bang. And if the people do want it, it's their fucking shit. It's not their, it's not their power to give away because, you know what, 40% of the, 50% of the people may want it today. Tomorrow it may be 20% of the people. So, no. And and it, it's the thing is that, you know, it's not your your rights or your power to to give up. It it stays with you. And if you want the state to live, to look after your life and to have, you know, um, input in every facet of your life, go and move to one of the totalitarian regimes. I'm sure that, you know, you'll last a couple of days there before you're begging to come back home. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, it is It is a thing. I mean, the, the, the more that we stay silent about this, the more power they're going to take. And the more power that they take, the harder it is going to be for us to get it back later on. And these, these regimes will never, ever... Give it back without a genuine reason. Now, um, the the inept Matthew Guy was on 3AW um, having his little bit of a spiel uh, talking about the Andrews regime and, and he broke his promise of no new taxes and all that sort of stuff. Now, he was flat out asked, um, what you know, will you um, get rid of him? And he just said, no, he won't increase him. So let's make it clear. If you vote for the Liberal Party and Matthew Guy gets into power, and the Liberal Party get into power, or Liberal Party under Matthew Guy, they're just going to be the same as the, the fucking Labor Party under Andrews. They may just be a little bit nicer about how much they screw us. Um, so, you know, let these people, uh, what, what was the word? They're institutionalists. So they want to protect the institution of Parliament. And, you know, it's, it's just the thing is that it, it can't um, without... If, if things continue the way that they're continuing, we're going to be in a totalitarian regime before we realise it and it will be in less than a generation. I think it'll be probably another two elections um, and, uh, you know, what's that, eight years? No, let's say four years. So we've got this one coming up and then if the same bullshit happens for the next four years and then the same dickheads getting voted in, into power, and, and this is, it doesn't matter whether it's Liberal Party or Labor Party, they're all just a bunch of dickheads. Um, they're all there to protect the institution of them having a taxpayer-funded job um, and all that. So, 
it, it's a thing. What we need to do is we need to vote in independents who want to do themselves out of a job. Uh, we need to vote in independents and, and forget your, your, oh, my God, the, the Liberal Democrats are great because they're liberty-focused and all that. Well, what's their gun policy? Why have we never heard anything about that? If they were liberty-focused, po- liberty well, why haven't we heard that? Because that's a subject that they don't want to touch because, oh, my God, people, oh, no, it, it's going to be, you know, thinking about this and, and it's, you know what, they're going to say that we're going to turn into the Wild West because if we say these have, you know, and all that. So they're not liberty-focused. They're just, and as I said, um, if you listen to yesterday's podcast, um, David Limbrick actually agreed with... Um, detention for people who have um, symptoms or something from from a particular whatever the, the pandemic declaration was about. Uh, also agreed to uh, pass legislation to have um, uh, certain industries jabbed. Uh, so, you know, are they are they really as liberty focused as we think that they are? Um, so. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, and what else was there? So, yeah, it's just, mm, um, yeah, we, we really need to wake up. And if you haven't done it by now, have a look for as much information as you can about the Great Reset and what the World Economic Forum wants to do. And we need to wake up and realise that this is coming. And the only way it's not going to become is if we, we make enough noise and say, no, you're not going to bring that in. When, so can we stop it federally? I don't think so because I think they're all that um, controlled by various hidden puppet masters that it doesn't matter. Um, we can do it at the state level, though to do that we need to vote in, as I said, independents who are genuinely liberty-focused because we need to bring back the state bank if we bring and, – and I'm talking about Victoria here because that's the next election I think coming up. I'm honestly not sure about other states outside of Victoria. Um, so we bring back a genuine state bank and have it as franchise run um, for want of a better term. I don't know how you, you know, you'd do it but the locally owned banks under the auspices of a big state bank. So they're not controlled by APRA or the Australian Prudential Regulation Authority or some bullshit like that. Um, they're not controlled by them. Um, they can bring banking insur- and insurance at the state level as long as they remain within state borders. Now, this will come down to a high court interpretation whether the banks, the big banks, I'm sure, guarantee you if you, if there was a state bank starting and it was available via the internet outside of Victoria, I guarantee you, the big banks and APRA would turn APRA would turn around and say, "Oh, you know what? They're outside operating outside of state borders, which is against the constitution, which means that they need to come under our control." Um, for that, mm, I, I think that maybe there needs to be pushback from the states to say, "Well, no, because it's a state bank. Yes, it is operating outside of state borders, though the the head office or whatever it is where that person is doing business." Is within state borders, and that's what that's what needs to be pushed. And we need that we need to have politicians and and government that will stand up to the Commonwealth and turn around and say, "Well, no, we're going to do that." And the same for nuclear energy, because I I'm not 
I don't think that there's any part of the Constitution that gives the Commonwealth power to say no to nuclear energy. Yes, it may come down to the external affairs provision of the, the Constitution if Australia has signed up to some multinational, multilateral treaty or something like that. Though the question needs to be asked, does the Commonwealth have the authority to do it on behalf of the states? And it's going to cost a shitload of money to go it and I'm not sure whether our the High Court is competent enough to hear that matter and to be able to judge that matter, but I think it's something that needs to be done um, because that will solve things once and for all. Um, let's say it's a five-year court battle. Start building nuclear sites for nuclear reactors at the next after the next election. They reckon it takes probably about 10 years for a reactor to come online. Man, if we, we should be building multiples of them, finding, you know, half a dozen spots in Victoria, this is where they're going to be, and say, yep, this is what we're going to do, this is where they're going to be, take 10 years to come online, we'll fight a battle for the next five years, we'll have it won in the next five years, and then we've still got, we've got five years to go where we can make it operational. Just keep building it because whilst you're building something, the, the Commonwealth has got no control. It's only when you flip the switch that the Commonwealth will have, um, have their say on it. So you're not breaking any Commonwealth laws or anything like that by building something that can be used for it. So just start building it, building it, fight the court case. <sighs> yeah, actually, yeah, you probably do it in five years. Um, but you need to find competent lawyer, members of the legal fraternity and I think with how things have gone over the last two years, there's probably not much of them, many of them left, uh, and, and do it. We need, to, we need the states to push back and say, no, you can't control us. If we want to build nuclear reactors, we're going to. And you know what, let's see you try and stop us. Uh, and you know what, if the High Court finds in favour of, of the Commonwealth, just say no. Well, we don't recognise it. Bang, leave it as that. Um, so who's going to enforce the Commonwealth laws? Um, <coughs> oh, sorry about that. Another cough came in. Uh, mm. So, you know, I think this is, this is something that should be done. And if any party's turning around saying, oh, but we need wind power, we need solar power. Well, remember all that shit still comes from China. So you're still helping China, and unless we've got it paid off, who's to say that the Chinese, whoever the manufacturer is, can't come back and take it? Because that's what happens when you default on a loan, and if we have a um, sanctions against China because of their annexation of Taiwan or whatever they're going to do up there, then can we give them money? And that remains the question. And if we can't give them money for things that we've bought off them, then do we default on the loan? And if we default on the loan, will they come back and take it or will they just turn around and say, that's our property, you can't use it? And in which case, you know what, Andrews has spent, what, $150 billion or whatever he wants to do for wind farms out in the ocean somewhere uh, on the um, in the shore. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's going to be bad. And I think we need um, a regime, a regime, um, a government come November that will do that will stand up to it. I reckon just rip all the contracts up, pass a law that no, we can't do, we can't continue with these things because they're not in the national interest, or something like that. And you know what? Actually, even better, turn around and say, "Yep, hey, we'll continue with these," but then double the amount that we're going to sue the Chinese government for for their handling of the Wu flu and just say, bang, you know what, 
that's it. Take it to some international court of whatever it is. Say, no, you've done it. You leaked it. It leaked from one of your labs. You lied about um, had the severity of it, what was happening with it. You kept. You said it was from a bat or something else and, and everything like that. Just hit him for everything and sue him for actually make it three times as much as what um, – you know what, where I, we owe them in whatever the the um, amounts are and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, there's, there's heaps of that. Um, but, hey, you know what, no, we can't upset China because they are our vital trading partner. Well, we need to start rip up the Lima Declaration and any other um, ones after that that continue along that line and just turn around and say, no, local manufacturing. <coughs> Um, Victoria should get out of the Fair Work Act because whilst Victorian uh, businesses are required to abide by that, uh, that, um, you know, we're not going to be competitive on any front. And so for Albany, easy to turn and say he's going to bring manufacturing back uh, is just obvious dreaming. Um, he, you know, he's saying that to people who are, I'll be honest, and, and they're too stupid to understand that our high cost of living is going to make any goods produced here potentially um, un- unaffordable by anyone apart from those living in Monaco. And, you know, it, it, it needs to be called out for it. Just turn around and say, no, we don't agree with it. We're going to get rid of the Fair Work Act, um, take away, we're, we're going to repeal whatever the Transfer of Powers uh, Act was, and we're going to be responsible for the wages and conditions and everything like that of employees within our state. Um, do that. Um, because I think that's the only way that Australia is going to be, uh, Victoria is going to become competitive anywhere. Um, you know what? Rip up, disagree with, you know, just have a fight with the Commonwealth Government about the um, uh, TGA. Does the Commonwealth have the power to create the TGA to um, decide what? Drugs are um, and medicines are available or not available in this country. Um, I don't think that it does. So, you know, this is what it needs to do. Turn around and say, no, we don't agree with you. We're going to produce everything here. Don't, I don't care what, what medicine it is. If the TGA says no, well, we're going to do it. And you could probably do it cheaper here anyway. Um, so anyway, I'm not going to rant about that too much more. But, um, yeah, it's just the thing. I, I think people need to... Stop listening to what the talking heads on the TV screen say, what the the people pushing or claiming to be journalists from the legacy media or the corrupt corporate press, whatever you want to call it, and stop listening to what the politicians say because they're all, if anything is taught, I mean, this is the thing, if, if, if you still believe what they say, you have to ask yourself the question is, haven't you learned anything over the last two years? Um, the media have not pushed Stairman Andrews back, have not challenged him on his recollection of what happened when he tripped down the stairs. Um, as I've said, you know, what he says differs to what um, what him and his wife have stated, differs to what Victoria Police have said and what Ambulance Victoria have said. So who's lying? Is it Kath and Dan Andrews or is it the Commissioner? Um of Victoria Police and um, Ambulance Victoria, are they the ones that line? Which one is it? Because both stories don't match up. Um, you know, no one's pushed him back on 
anything to do with the Wu flu. They've just turned around and accepted it. No one's pushed back, and especially the opposition. No one's pushed back and said, hey, justify it. Let's see you release the medical information. And this is the thing, the new pandemic declarative bill, when that was supposed to improve transparency. Well, it hasn't. It's just been a fucking conversation between um, Slugger Sutton and incompetent Foley. And, yeah, it's just, oh, man. And it's, it's a thing. And we listen to these people on all the crap that they're doing. Um, anyway. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so um, I think I might leave it here. I might go and have a Bex and a lie down um, after that. And, uh, yeah, so, anyway, thanks for listening. Um, my name's Cameron Blue. This was the Fifth Estate Podcast. I uh, look forward to having you join me in the next one. Bye for now.